Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast with Neve and Chan. Hello, we're so happy to have you here. Hey, how are you? Hello, <laughs> who is this voice that has appeared? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we Hello. have a third um, participant this week. This week we have our very first special guest. Special guest, introduce yourself. No, I feel so privileged. <laughs> well, my name is Rachel. <laughs> um, I am a social work student at the minute at Queen's. And what else even about me? I don't even know. Um, I know. I I feel like I, that's the most awkward question that anyone ever asks. Like, tell us a bit about you. Yeah, someone just puts you on the spot, be like, so tell me something about yourself. And you're like, um, I don't do anything in my life. I just exist. You're so boring. I know. I literally don't have any hours in the day, but I still can't think of what I do. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm a student at Queen's um, studying social work at the minute. I'm currently on my placement um, and that is exciting and um, tiring but exciting um I'm a dog mom and I love going for walks with my wee dog and um yeah I feel like that's about <laughs> summing me up at the minute <laughs> that would be your tinder bio <laughs> if I have yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> well, we all just a wee seeker one on the side <laughs> just don't tell Matt just don't tell Matt but I was actually thinking about this recently like I would love to have Tinder just for like like the ego boost <laughs> <laughs> just throw up. I don't know whether it would be an ego boost though or no. whether it would be like an absolute soul well, crusher like, both, I feel like, like if I went on it would be like but it, you take it would just ruin record, my like, whole self esteem no I think you just slap up a wee picture and be like oh you're looking well <laughs> that sounds so sad no, I was actually I would love to I do was like actually a... watching, um... what is it Rachel? the bold type on netflix recently and like there was an episode and it was all about them being on tinder and i was like i could not imagine being back on tinder like that's obviously that's where i met matt and like oh, now we have no. a house and a dog and it's Same. just mad like i can't imagine it especially in, in covid times like all of us the whole day all of us have met me. our other halves on tinder <laughs> haven't we I, it's yeah. a modern way of meeting people yeah like most people i speak to nowadays if they've met in the last like five or six years yeah. like that's how they've met i feel for certain as well anybody during 2020 that has got together had to be tender like where else were you meeting them do you know or the like, brand new facebook dating oh i still haven't seen that I, it's cause, probably because i haven't <laughs> updated it shall you you must be on no, it to I talk about it that either. much <laughs> this is the second time i've mentioned it it just comes up on my phone shan you're the only person i know that has brought it up ever so like must just be you and mark zuckerberg on it at this this stage he's actually Mm, not half facebook dating look i can't see it it won't focus facebook's taking over the world oh my gosh i do have it you yeah where do you have it i don't want to be on it now get started that would be really awkward if i found that Matt gets notifications. Oh my god, I just seen it. Be a bit awkward. (laughs) Imagine I sent it to all your Facebook friends. Like, this person has joined Facebook dating. Why does it even let me do it when it knows I'm in a relationship? That's a bit sus. (laughs) They're they're like promoting affairs. 
maybe that's like when they know to hide it. If you've got your relationship in your Facebook, then it'll be like, okay, we need to keep this a secret. Maybe. It's weird. <laughs> Me and Sean were doing our intro there, Rachel, but you rudely interrupted, by the way. <laughs> you popped in on that. I'm very sorry. Do you know what? I literally came in the door and then I was like, I, I had to run and get a drink because I was so thirsty. And then I realised the time and I was like, oh my goodness, they were upstairs. And then I couldn't get Zoom to work because I like everything I do at the minute for Microsoft Teams. Okay. So I haven't used Zoom in so long. So I won't be logged into it. I'm like, I don't <laughs> know my goodness. So, yeah, it was a bit hard for me. like, where are you? I'm I know like, she was like, like, where is this bleed up? <laughs> I know that's such a word that I yeah. only ever hear you use me. That like, word no is like such a prominence in our life now. And it's all because of Neve. Blade. Such like a, a mid-Ulster colloquialism. See, I would, like, people have different, like, definitions of blade. So for me, a blade is a girl. Like, a girl is a blade. But my friend would refer to a boy or a girl as a blade. Just okay. anybody could be a blade. But that's that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> I don't know. Just doesn't make sense there's in no, your head. There's no like, there's no like male equivalent to a blade though. Like I couldn't think. No, can't think of one. Just a fella. <laughs> a boy. Just a fella. He's all about really quiet there. Lad, like a wee lad. Oh my God. I think we're just not used to your. <laughs> oh. Right, Sean. You're gonna kick things sure. off here. So we have a couple of questions for Rachel, just to find out a little bit more about who she is. It won't be just introduce yourself this time. We're not going to put her on the spot too much. So um, basically, as Rachel said, she is currently a social work student at Queen's and she decided to go back to university after having studied her undergraduate and then worked for a couple of years and then decided to go back to university. So Rachel, why did you decide to go back to university? Good question. Um, I I graduated from my undergrad, which was criminology and sociology, in two thousand seventeen, so nearly four years ago, which is crazy. Um, and then I'd been working. I had always planned to go back and do social work. Um, social work was originally what I wanted to do out of school, but I, you know, they get your predicted grades and all. I wasn't predicted to get the grades to get into it, so I didn't apply. Um. It turns out I did get the grades, but I hadn't applied. <laughs> but I think it was kind of a good thing because I never would have been mature enough to do it at 18 anyway. Um, so I got my first degree and then basically graduated and got my first job. And I just thought this is amazing, like having money, working full time. Um, I got my like first car on finance. I just thought it was class and I was like, I'm loving this work life. Um, worked in a couple of different jobs until I settled in my most recent job, which is the one I was in before uni. Um, again which is which was an estate agent and I absolutely loved it um, and I progressed pro- progress there quite well um, and not that I didn't love it or anything but I just always knew I wanted to go back and do social work um, at some point and it was November 2019 that someone made a comment to me one day and it was so off the cuff and they didn't really mean anything like malicious by it but whatever the situation was they turned around and were like, Rachel, you aren't a social worker, you can't help them. And I was like, but I want to be a social worker. So that moment just clicked with me and I was like, I'm a plan for social work this year. And this was obviously before COVID, like we had heard like in the December, like there was maybe cases in China and things like that. It was nothing that I could have expected. It was coming over here. So I applied um, to 
there's five basically five social work courses in, in Northern Ireland, two year and three year routes at both Queen's, uh, Ulster, and then a three year route through Belfast Met as well. I applied to all five because I spoke to people and they were like, just apply. It's really, really competitive. Um, I think that what they said it was like for every nine people that apply, only one gets in. Um, so it's really competitive to get, to get into. And I was like, look, I'll just widen my chances. I'll apply for them all. Um, I wanted the two year route at Queen's. That was the goal because it's called a relevant graduate route. So if you have a degree that's relevant, you can do a shorter social work degree, um, which makes sense because kind of why pay for three years if I can do it in two, because fees are expensive. Um, and I applied and I didn't really think anything more of it. And then I got an interview and I was like, oh my goodness, right, this is getting real. So my interview was scheduled, which is really, really strange for a year ago today, the 16th of March. Um, yeah, and I was ready to go and do my interview. That's crazy. And 45 minutes before my interview, so I would have been leaving in like five minutes time. I got a phone call being like, we're canceling the interview. So this is obviously a week before like we went into a lockdown. They're like, Queens have decided we're not doing any interviews. It's not safe enough. We'll be in contact. There'll be an alternative way. So that was all fine. So um, was like, that was a bit random, but okay. And then ended up doing like a, an, a video interview and stuff. Um, but it was a big kind of decision because obviously by the time I found out I got in was May, we were in the middle of a global pandemic and I was in a very secure job. Yes, I was furloughed at the start, but people were losing jobs kind of all over the place. And I was kind of like, is this the right thing to do? Like we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm in a secure job with a nice salary. Am I absolutely crazy to go back to being a full-time student? Um, knowing that by Christmas, I would have to give up my job to go and placement. But there was just something, I don't know, like, it sounds so cheesy to say, but something like calling me, I was like, I need to do this now. I was like, I've got into the two-year route that I want to do and I want to help people. I was like, as much as I absolutely love my job, I love my employer and I'm still so close to the team and my my old boss. Um, like I I know I'm meant to be a social worker. I was like, I, I need to go and do this now. So I went down to part-time to start uni in September and then at Christmas then kind of give up my job completely to go on placement which is a very daunting aspect considering we're in the middle of a pandemic but um yeah it was just something I just I always knew I was going to do and I just decided to choose the most hectic time ever to go and do it it's one of those things like as you said you from you were in school you had wanted to be a social worker like that was what you had it sort of thought you wanted to do so if you didn't do it it was always going to be in your mind to be like I should have done that like what if what if so you just needed to take the step to just do it like take the risk and like it even if it didn't pay off like you sort of then knew that whereas if you hadn't bothered to like go and do it then it always would have been something that you regretted not doing I think it was always a matter of time like I always knew at some point I'd go back um and social work especially especially the two-year route there there's a lot of mature students on it so a lot of the ones on it would be like in their 30s um so I knew at some point I would always go back and do it it was always just a question of like when um and then just like that one comment like off the cuff comment just made me think you know what like now's the time like why not now or never so yeah yeah and I definitely feel like there is no right time to do something 
um, and especially as you said, like when things started to get serious and stuff with COVID, like you're either going to work for the next God knows how many years and maybe be miserable or you're going to go back and do something different and exciting. And I think that like now on your placement, it's probably so strange, but it'll probably be like the hardest circumstances that you'll ever work under. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in a few years time, you'll actually be able to enjoy it more because there's maybe like no COVID restrictions, etc. But fair play to you. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Fair play. Yeah, you were definitely <laughs> three in at the deep end. Oh, 100%. Like, every single day. I go in place, but I just can't think, like, but we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Like, this is mad. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't change it. Like, I absolutely love it. Um, I love the course. It's... And what kind of thing do you be doing on your placement, Rachel? Like, where are you at the minute? I'm quite lucky um, in the sense that my placement is in residential. So it's in children's learning disability residential. And I have face-to-face contact with the service users every single shift that I'm working, where there's other students who all their social work contact is through Zoom, it's through phone calls, and they're really getting very, very little face-to-face contact. So in a way, residential in the past, potentially students would have been like, oh, I don't really want to do residential, you know, I'll get more out in the field. But that field work isn't happening at the minute. It's A lot of it is Zoom-based. Yes, okay, in in risky situations and stuff it is happening because of the nature of the work but um as a general rule a lot of them are just having kind of zoom contact or microsoft teams so i've been very lucky in that way but it can be like a whole range of different things obviously all the statutory social work duties um different like um, meetings and things like that in, in relation to children and, and making sure they're safe but also lots of fun things um like building relationships with the children like baking and um you know arts and crafts and you know, go to the Starbucks drive through with them just building that relationship so there's such a wide range of things um but it is every single day I'm like up and close PPE the full 14-hour shift like it's it's intense um and especially you know I, my placement's completely unpaid like it's an unpaid placement um which is intense the most like the best of times to my mind in the middle of a pandemic um so that was one thing like at the start I was a wee bit like this is going to be so hard like I'm going out on placement like I'm not getting paid for it and it's so intense with COVID um, and I have friends who are like sitting at home like they're on furlough they're getting 80% of their wage I'm like this is so unfair but and then as soon as I started my mindset changed I was like you know what it's not about that like I'm helping these children like that's what it's about and that's why I want to go into this career I want to help people um so it's been intense to say the least um and there's just so much uni work alongside your actual Facebook work but I've loved it um and it's just every day you learn something new um and COVID has brought along like it's allowed me to develop a kind of a unique skill set that I never would have got so um especially with working with children with learning disabilities the communication side of things whilst wearing a mask it's something that you wouldn't initially think of but for children who are non-verbal they rely on your facial expression an awful lot and if you like you're, you're wearing a mask also there's your eyes so those type of things it's it's been challenging but I've been able to develop skills that if COVID wasn't a thing like I wouldn't have developed so that's been a good thing I suppose it's it's allowed me to develop that kind of unique skill set and um, which I'll obviously have then for the rest of my career which is which is great yeah actually. it's definitely raised just COVID in general it's raised a lot of issues we would never even have considered before like things we would have never even previously but um it's definitely been a year 
that has shown us that we can kind of face anything that I think a lot of the time we've sort of waited for COVID to happen like as soon as we heard the pandemic started there was very much this idea that we were like waiting for this big event but a year on we've literally been living it every day like we've been facing it and we just um kind of keep moving through it day by day it's not like a we're not waiting for this big massive event it's just a normal every day yeah it's just life now yeah definitely and it affects so much of your life that like this time last year we had no idea what was coming like it was like oh and I knew myself like I was obviously working full-time this time last year and I was being furloughed and I was like oh great a few weeks off 80% pay I'll take that and then two months later I was like right get me back to work like I've had enough of this um and then now a year on some people are unfortunately still in that situation or worse that they've lost jobs which is awful um so I'm you know I feel so lucky to I obviously have you know support from the likes of student finance and um like department of health bursaries and things like that so as though as I'm not getting paid I'm out still being busy on my placement I'm not having to kind of sit at home um every day which is really tough for people as well so I think it's been it's been a learning curve for everyone in the past year in so many ways that we could probably never have imagined I think it's crazy that like this time last year um especially like a few weeks ago they were like our last like normal days like people were just roaming about had absolutely no idea what was coming and was actually reading an article today about like the early days of like coronavirus in 10 Downing Street and how Boris Johnson was like look we're gonna play this thing down and he didn't want him to believe any of it but um I don't know like imagine we all just woke up tomorrow and it was just back to normal it was yeah. just all a really weird dream just a glitch. I, I would love it I keep thinking yeah I keep thinking about how I would just love to be like lost in a crowd at a concert somewhere and just have like people pushing into me and just not even caring if they have any kind of <laughs> respiratory illness. I think it'll take a long time for people to adjust <laughs> back to uh, social contact. Yeah. Like I think it's something we'll, we'll be wary of for a while. I'm still yeah. not ready for it. Like I, I see to be fair, like I do, I'm not really the type of person who likes hugging and all like that anyway. So oh, <laughs> that kind of side hugs. of things was a blessing <laughs> for me. <laughs> but I'm just like... I was actually standing in a queue earlier and like this person came right up my back and I kind of just looked around and was like why are you so close to me whereas a year ago I never would have thought that like he just yeah it's completely changed our whole outlook and I think of especially like like my sister had a baby at the start of April last year which was was very very early in this whole pandemic thing and he's going to be one soon and he's lived his entire life in a pandemic like the child doesn't know like normal things he's only ever seen people out apart from his family with masks on like it's like so that's odd. normal to him yeah totally so it would probably be like really strange for him like whenever he eventually sees all these people like without masks and like faces in crowded <laughs> areas yeah yeah, yeah so just weird. like being around people normally yeah totally yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be strange but so many people have been kind of like secluded off from society so it'll be so strange for so many people being able to have that like contact just that normality but I I don't know I don't think things will ever be our previous version of normal ever again it's going to be a new normal I don't I think they will I think they will eventually I I really do 
I think there'll be I positive changes, like in terms of like working from home yeah. and stuff like. Oh yeah, things I, like that. Yeah, for sure. Like we've adopted in that kind of that yeah. like way, but I think like people will just go back to their normal behaviors. If you know what I mean, quickly. like stand on top of one another, yeah. breathing down each other's necks. You know. One years. thing I don't think I'll ever do is that. I remember when I was younger and you would have been on my eye and everyone just drank out of the same glass. Like, I don't think I'll ever be yeah. able to do that ever again. <laughs> Rotten, like. So bad. You were saying, Sean, about oh, Kings yeah. in another you episode. Would, like, you were like, pour your drink. You do that? Like, people would pour their drinks into this one drink for Kings. Like, oh, God. <laughs> or do you even see on TikTok, people are saying about how, like, at a birthday party, you'd blow out candles and everyone <laughs> yeah. would eat the cake. Yeah. But, like, you blew over the cake. I never thought of it that. I know. You just think of all these things now, and you're like, whoa. And even, like, what I find really weird, like, you know, like, licking an envelope, like, on a birthday yeah. card, I could see that. Like, it's yeah. sinking. Like, if you think, but it's actually sinking. <laughs> Why don't we to do that? To be fair, I never really licked I the know. envelopes because I was always scared of cutting my tongue on, like, the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Such an irrational fear. But, like, imagine getting a paper That's cut so on your tongue. I would never think of that. <laughs> Yeah. I would be sore like but I would never it think would it would happen no, on an envelope but now I've thought of it I'm never yeah. going to do like an envelope ever again yeah just same I'm in. just going to think of like, a sharp sensation in my tongue yeah oh, it's, it's mad like whenever you start to think of every single little thing I can't believe it's been a year a lot's changed that is scary I I'm 25 I genuinely now, can't take much more <laughs> that's scary oh uh, and like I have friends like like my best friend it's her birthday next weekend and this is her second lockdown birthday she was at the very start yeah. of the last one this is her second lockdown birthday like it's grim Girl, it I went with some Satan's freeze. my friend's the exact same birthday today and um I remember the first thing last year that I had to cancel on was her birthday party because I was like look like this COVID thing's just getting a bit scary like I just don't feel like I should yeah. go and then I think at the time she was a bit like what are you talking what? about like you're overreacting and I was kind of like oh, I don't know and then like a week later she was like I don't think you were overreacting <laughs> <laughs> I know like my birthday like obviously I'm the 29th of February and there was one last year so that was kind of like the last proper like night out I had with my yeah. friends uh, during summer we had like barbecues and stuff in the garden but that was the last night where we were all out like we went out to the pub and then we went back to my house and that was kind of the last thing before COVID really like hit. Um, it's it's mad like it's a lot yeah. changed in a year. But I don't know. In a way, like it's been as many as much as been so many bad things from it. Like I have really, I have enjoyed it in certain ways because I was always such a busy person, and it's it allowed me to like take a step back and realize the important things, which sounds so cheesy, but like it did. No, I think one of the you're always you're always Rachel like 10 steps ahead like I've noticed about this about you so much you're like yeah and like on this date I'm doing this and then like the the week after that I'm doing this and then then me and Matt are doing this and then and I'm like we catch a breath yeah I just I'm a very you know what actually happens to you you know what happens to you like you literally have about like six weeks planned out in advance and because you've been like running about so much then you get sick I know and then it doesn't happen it is what happens to me like I am just the type like I'm a very type A person like I have I'm so organized like I have my diary with you see like it, nothing changes like my diary and it's all oh, like color coordinated like 
Oh my I'm, I'm just so and but see it's just my nature like I'm a very organized person and if I don't write things down I don't write this I forget them like I have a brain like I said but it is something that I have actually had like and in a weird way that I never thought I'd have to work on as such but I've had to work on it in for my social work and um, because in social work you never get through your list like there's always something popped up and, there's, and I've had to really like be like just let go okay of it, take yeah. a step back Rachel breathe and just go with the flow um so I still make my list but I'm getting better if I don't get <laughs> it doesn't stress you out <laughs> so much yeah not as much but I still label everything and my house is so very organized <laughs> I have you with to your stickers that, but um I'm getting better slowly but surely <laughs> I think one of the things that's been quite like a big takeaway from this year is obviously previously we had all these expectations on what we wanted to get done in that year and things we wanted to do and places we wanted to travel and things we wanted to achieve and I think COVID kind of stripped back this expectation like we went into this year with no expectations of it which ended up yeah if you were like in a position where you didn't lose anyone close to you like you weren't massively badly affected by the pandemic um it ended up being quite an enjoyable year in ways because you weren't you weren't going in with all these expectations so you didn't feel like it let you down yeah definitely like you you appreciated yeah. the little things and I think like it, it like, was it, genuinely like a cultural reset like yeah. it was just like right everybody stopped like the world stopped like there was like no airplanes in the sky did like part of the ozone layer not like repair itself like genuinely yeah. everything just stopped yeah and there was like more birds outside like you could hear them in the mornings I don't know it's like we'll never experience I, something like that again no Hope it'll, God, it'll be anyway. in history books like and, and we'll be able to say we lived through that like as cheesy as it sounds you know we experienced all that that crazy stuff that happened and like we're here and we can tell like the future about it but I think it's made people realize like what the important things are and and even just taking time for themselves the time out and not being so busy all the time and that family and friends is so important like so many people have lost loved ones and it's so important that we do spend time with them and we do see them and it's not to be constantly rushing to like events and parties and all like the little things really really matter like none of that stuff none of like the material stuff or the stuff that you felt like you had to keep up with was ever going to fulfill your life in any kind of way and in the same way that um like personal connection and family and friends are always going to definitely like when everything was taken away like what was the thing that mattered it was your family and friends like that was it that's I I didn't miss going shopping I didn't miss like going okay so I didn't miss going on holidays but I didn't I survived it was fine but what I really missed was my family and friends yeah I feel like it's so easy to like look back on lockdown and COVID and say that like as young people we maybe felt like held back a bit but I don't think that that's true because like life is still out there do you know like in whatever form that will take like like with these vaccines and stuff um like if you want to travel you'll still be able to travel like do you know and you'll appreciate it 10 times more if you want to live far away you will but like you'll always know that your family are there and you spent such yeah. quality time like, with them do you know that way so we we got to experience Definitely. something completely different to whatever has gone before like uh, as much as maybe the the general narrative is that young people have missed out on like 
the the way they were supposed to live their 20s like I don't think there's any kind of specific way you're supposed to live like you learn from every experience you have and every experience like no matter how small is what makes a life and it's kind of what you just take away from that I think as well I don't know about you but I'm not counting like I'm still 22 coming out of this (laughs) pandemic like I'm not coming out of this 24 no harm to anybody 22 was a good year for me so well it could be worse 25 like I am 25 I was filling in my census that's a really adult thing to say but like I was filling in my census Oh, we haven't done ours yet. Mummy's like, do yeah, you have I'm like, for me I'm there. like in the next age category. Like, Rachel, that's you're not in the over 25 no, on X Factor 9. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next bracket. I know, don't. That makes me feel so old. That was like, when oh I was younger, gosh. that was you literally see like, that, though? if you're in the over 25, you're ancient. Like, that's a write off category. Yeah. Literally, but the way they treated those people that was like, oh, you're never going to make it. Over 25. Like, so over 25s. I don't understand if it was yeah. like over 30s, over 35s. <laughs> over 25s. Like, you're still in your 20s. I feel like a baby still. Like, I literally feel like a baby. Flipping I know him. I'm in the over 25s on that. Yeah. Great. He, he may as well have called it the <laughs> OAPs, like the, the, the old age pensioners. The way he treated those people, he was probably sat them down, but like, do you know who Lady Gaga is? This twenty-five-year-old, like, yeah, turned twenty-five really today. Really young. Like, do you not think they seemed really, even, really even, old? Because even like the sixteen-year-olds on X Factor seemed yeah. probably because we were like ten. That's why. I can't deal. Like, I actually would love to just go back and like shout at Simon Cowell and be like, twenty-five is not old. Like him being what fifty, sixty. <laughs> Such ageism, like. Yeah. Have you ever seen the video of Simon Coyle? No. Like, from when he, his first ever TV appearance. It was on some quiz show. Oh, my word. I'll post it on the, um, or I'll post a link to it on the Facebook. But he is, like, a completely different person. It's so strange seeing him because he wasn't, like, famous at the time. So it was just, like. This guy in a suit and he was so strange. Have you ever seen those like, like um so videos of him and it's like him like say five years ago and then him two years ago and like his face fully changes. Like it's so crazy. Botox. Oh my god. He it's like it you know what it looks oh, like if people it. say this. He is like replaced <laughs> every two years because it looks like a botched version of himself. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> it's so strange. Oh my word. This is like the Avril Lavigne thing. Or is it Avril Lavigne? I haven't seen that. It's like, I think it is Avril Lavigne. Like the one that exists of her now is a clone. Because back in her like grunge skater girl days, like, and then she went on to Hello Kitty and people are like, it's not the same person. Yeah, that was a weird transition. A lot of people didn't like her. They thought she was being very like, um, What's the word racist with that kind of like mm. Hello Kitty stuff? I don't yeah. know. I thought it was a good song. <laughs> I was more into the oh. um, complicated era back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend era. Oh my word, that pink streak in the hair. That song. That song. Rachel, no, 
another question for you since you're in the hot seat of our first interview. So you are a homeowner. Tell us about that. How did you get on the property ladder? How many millions did you save before you purchased your mansion? Oh, I wish. Um, I bought my house flip nearly three years ago. No, that's a bit. Of, that's a bit. That's crazy. Years ago. <laughs> um, I bought it in August twenty eighteen. Um which sounds like it was so long ago, but it kind of was so long ago. Um, I was 22 um, when I bought my house. So we bought a new build um, and we actually, it was probably about three years ago when we put the money down for it because with a new build, you like book your slot. It sounds so random, but you like book it um, and you pay a book it fee. Down payment, it's kind isn't of, it? It's literally like £500 and that's like book your property because they're obviously not built and then that like holds your site and then they start building it and then you go and do all your mortgage stuff. Um, But we done that like Feb, no, March, like March. Yeah, so literally three years ago. Um, And then we didn't complete until the August. So it was quite like a wait, um, which allowed us to then like get furniture and furnishings and all that there kind of stuff. But because we bought a new build, it was turnkey. So like we got our fridge and our freezer and our washing machine all included. Um, and, you know, it was carpets, all that kind of stuff was all done, um, which was great because we weren't coming in thinking, oh my goodness, we need to redecorate everywhere. We need to put so much money into this house. It was just a blank canvas for us to kind of move our stuff into and then decorate as we kind of settled in. Um, but I saved some money. Um, my parents give us some money. Um, they didn't give us it. Well, they loaned us it, so we paid them back then. Um, but it was just my mom and dad were actually moving house, so it just worked. It just made sense for us to kind of move out at the same time, rather than me to move and then move again in six months' time. Um, so we saved our deposit, and then we went actually straight to our mortgage provider rather than going to um like a mortgage you can go to one and they like look at all different banks and stuff but we just went straight to the bank mortgage advisor because my mom used to work in that bank for like 30 years so we knew that's where we wanted our mortgage with and we knew that they had really good rates and they also had like a scheme where you got like cash back so it was like 1200 pound cash back which was amazing um because that we were able to use that then to buy stuff for the house as well um and we basically had our deposit then all sitting saved in a in a account and then we went and seen the mortgage advisor and we were both working full time I was only into my my job five months so I think I had to get like letters and stuff to say like they weren't planning to fire me anytime soon just so they had that like obvious stability um but like we weren't on big salaries or anything we were on kind of basic graduate salaries coming out of uni both of us um and we got it fine um it was like daunting waiting for that mortgage offer to come through knowing that we'd already put 500 pounds down the house that was non-refundable so um that was a bit nerve-wracking but I wouldn't change anything I love my house I love living with Matt it's the best thing that I've ever done is getting my house yeah just the freedom of being in your own house from such a young age would you have any advice for younger people like people in their early 20s who are trying to save for a house or or thinking of buying in the near future I would say don't panic about like everyone's like oh my goodness you need to have such a high credit score and all this um it's rumors it doesn't like it's it's okay if you don't have a really high credit score um I would say like make sure your credit score looks good and don't have like kind of 
loads and loads of credit cards and things like that um but if you do at the same time there's people can help with that but I would say yeah just save what you can um especially I think with the way things are at the minute people have been able to save a bit more which has been good um but also there's other options out there like if you don't have a deposit like I have so many friends who've done co-ownership um and it's working great for them um it's just a slightly different way of doing things but the website explains things really well um that's if you don't have the deposit and it just gives you a chance to get on the property ladder um and I would just say know what your budget is before you start looking at houses because there's nothing worse than if you like kind of fall in love with the house and then you realize it's where your budget whereas if you see like a mortgage advisor they can say okay well realistically you can get this and this and this I wouldn't say the calculators you can get online usually tell you you can get like way more like I think it told us we could get like a house at 240,000 pounds we could never afford a house at that right now um but just like if you have a kind of idea of what you can afford then it means you can look um and kind of know what your budget is and what you're kind of gonna go for um but yeah okay it's it's a difficult one because it is really hard to save and I know we were lucky we had saved kind of half of ours and then we did get help um and then we were able to just pay that back kind of monthly to my parents which was a really really good help um but I know that's not the case um for everyone so I know it can be difficult but yeah I just say like see what you can kind of have an idea of what your your budget is and also an idea of kind of what you want um as well I think it's good to keep an eye on like your the other things you're going to be spending money on as well because I know Adam's looking at the minute at a house and um like he is obviously initially looking at the price of the mortgage and um just the main cost of the house but then also as you said like the mortgage calculators were telling you that you could afford 240,000 pound in the house yeah but that would be literally like not spending any other money like probably not even covering bills so like it's always important to take all that sort of stuff yeah and that's one thing that we'd kind of like we'd sat down and we'd written out like okay x y and z this is like what we're going to spend all our money on this is all the bills and it turns out there's a lot more that you didn't realize about (laughs) there's always so much and then you think you're like oh this is great like we're on we've got our bills all paid we're going to be able to save some money this month or we'll put some money away to get this done and then a bill comes that you weren't expecting and you're like goodness sake like there's just there's always something and that's one thing like since we moved out there's never been a time where there hasn't been something but like it's grand like and you get by and um you just do things bit by bit like as I said we're in two and a half years there's the room I'm sitting in right now has never been painted um like it's there's still so much I want to do in this house so I think you just have to tackle it as as time goes by you'll never kind of move in and be 100% happy with the way things are but yeah really take a good look at like what you'll be spending and a realistic look as well because I know the mortgage advisor and all she's like oh you'll only spend like this amount of gas and this amount of electric but like no <laughs> like you just yeah you're always better overestimating than yeah. underestimating Be, especially on groceries like we eat a lot of food that I did not realize and I didn't realize how expensive groceries were until we started doing them and then I'm like get to the till like how have we spent this much money like there's not that much food in the trolley but yeah definitely overestimate is probably the best thing to do <laughs>
chill would you have any advice for your younger self like whenever you were leaving school at 18 um i have so so much advice <laughs> for younger self but one main thing is probably that it's, it's that your life isn't just going to work out planned and perfect you'll have changes along the way you'll have things that might seem like a disaster at the time but will turn out to be a really good thing um things will happen that you just could never have planned for but that's okay um I think at 18 there's so many expectations put upon you you know go to university do this you need to have a job with you know good money you need to be married when you're 22 you need to you know so many things put on top of you and so many pressures um and such an expectation to live up to social media what other people are doing on their instagram how other people look how other people are acting um but it's it's just entirely your life and how you want to live it and that's something that i've only really recently got to understand um especially in terms of kind of relating myself to other people and comparing my life to their life and how I look to how they look um but yeah that your life is is your own life and the only person that you need to please and make proud is yourself that's lovely that's so nice yes I love that but that's it like no two people are the same and like two people can end up in the same place but have both came from completely different routes um so they're like I feel like it's the same as like say you ask somebody that you kind of want to be in their position or their job role in a couple of years down the line you say to them well how did you get here and they'll tell you how they got there but like that way might not work out for you or you'll end up maybe it'll take you it'll be overnight you get there or it'll take longer like everybody really is different but like I, I just feel like everybody's path is tailored to them and like they'll learn different things about themselves along the way yeah and you're always going like as long as you're, you're alive you're constantly moving forward like you're never going to move backwards like once you've had an experience nobody can ever yeah. take that away from you so it basically just all builds on what you've already experienced yeah, I think you sometimes you think forward. things in your life like experiences you have won't matter um going forward you know that that's not a big enough thing to help me out but kind of every experience you have shapes you as a person like you said and everything that you do creates you and everyone is different in that way because of the experiences and that's why the world is so different and we have we can have so many different points of view I think it's something that a lot of time people are kind of forced to be molded into a certain shape or a certain way um or we are following the trends that we see on Instagram or you know the way someone has their house decorated and then everyone has their house decorated the same way like it's what makes the world an amazing place is that everyone is unique and I think that's something that for a lot of years I forgot and I was just kind of wanting to follow the trends and kind of fit in the boxes and now I don't care I'm like you know what if my house if I have a different colour of paint in every room, I have a different colour of paint in every room. Like, doesn't bother me. Like, I don't have the latest fire and ball colours painted. I don't have a full house of neutral tones and looking Instagram beautiful. Like, it's okay. Like, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I think if you focus on like, would I still want to do this? Yeah. If nobody else was going to see it, like I think it helps you get back to the root of yeah. what you actually it helps you enjoy life a lot more. Really, help me realize that is that I'm not. I just don't be involved in Instagram really anymore. Like I don't post the way I used to post. I used to share so much of my life, and part of that is supposed to do with what my job is now. Um, that. I've kind of done courses and learned different things that have made me scared to post certain things online and scary what can happen. It's a scary place out there. But um, it's just kind of, yeah. now that I don't share as much stuff online and I'm not sharing as much of my house and as much of um, just me in general. Yes, I still do, obviously to a certain extent, but not what I used to, not compared to what I used to. Since I stopped doing that, I've, I've been happier and I've been enjoying things and, and I'm doing things for me not because I want to post it not because I want to share that with other people and um, don't get me wrong social media can be an amazing yeah. place as well and so many people can make an amazing careers out of it but for me personally um I think I'm just happier the way things are now yeah definitely I know um for myself like I went on a bit of a Instagram purge and was like unfollowing loads of people and I was like trying to look at the reasons why I followed these people and I was like if I'm following these people because I'm looking at their life and sitting there thinking I wish I had that life then it was like nah like I need to get rid of that and then replacing it with accounts that would teach me something about the world or that could educate me in literally anything rather than kind of focusing on an aspiration that isn't true to who you really are as a person it's true like that we say in comparison's the thief of joy like it really is like and I think so much of the world you do you're constantly comparing and it's just the way you're brought up and the way society is that you will always have a tendency to compare your life and the things you have to other people but to a certain extent yes okay it's okay but I think whenever it starts to affect the decisions you make and the choices that you make it's that's when it kind of then can become a bit of an issue yeah like I think I I read quite a good quote in the book I was reading yesterday it's the Midnight Library by Matt Haig if anyone has um read it but it was a it's not what you are looking at it's what you see so like if you look at something in your life and you look at it and you see something joyful that brings you happiness it doesn't matter what that thing is like if if you see it as something beautiful or joyful then that's all that matters it like it doesn't matter what it is or what anyone else thinks of it or what anyone else has or how it compares to whatever yeah and I think that that is just a perfect note to end on so Rachel thank you for being the first interviewee of the Trailblazers podcast with Neve and Shan that has been another wonderful episode I hope that everybody who listened was able to take a little something away from it I know that I certainly have um it was really enjoyable Rachel did you enjoy it I did thank you so much for having me it was so fun and just nice to catch up with both of you as well because the past year we haven't really seen of each course. other much because of everything going on but I know I know better. but here's to That's the future fun. and better weather and vaccines we've got a grand stretch in the evening now <laughs> oh there we go Shan <laughs> you big culture <laughs> It was, I, it was on a TikTok just before we started the podcast, so it's been on my mind the whole time. 
Oh my god, you've just you've just kept it in for this past hour. I've just been waiting to let it out. <laughs> well, as always, thank you very much for listening and we hope you tune in again next week. Yes, thank you for listening and Rachel, it's been a pleasure to have you this week and we will see you all next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.